And now, hailing from Owings Mills, Maryland, standing at six feet tall and 185 pounds, from Elon University in North Carolina, your starting host, Khalil Akulona. I've dreamed of hearing that so many times in my youth. Alas, I am not a professional athlete, but I'm a pretty good radio host. Welcome to your New Mexico government. I'm Khalil Colona, And as you may have guessed, today's episode is sports, sports, sports. Today, we take a look at how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected the world of athletes. And if you're a fan or not, what that means for us all. We talk with a high school baseball player, a community organizer who uses athletics to change lives, a personal manager for an NBA player, and broadcasters, both local and national, with ESPN. First up, executive producer Marisa DeMarco has a news rundown of what we know today, Friday, April 24th, as of 5 p.m. Lysol and Clorox issued statements warning people against improperly using their products because President Trump suggested last night that maybe injecting disinfectants would knock out coronavirus. Today, Trump says he was just kidding. Home disinfectants kill people if swallowed or if their fumes are too strong and inhaled. Young and middle-aged people who were only a little sick with COVID-19 are dying from strokes, according to the Washington Post. The median age for a stroke is usually 74, but a doctor at Mount Sinai in Manhattan is saying that during the autopsy of a young stroke victim who had COVID and saw a new one form around it in real time. Three large U.S. medical centers are getting ready to publish data about what the Post is calling the stroke phenomenon. The number of deaths around the U.S. passed 50,000 today, and there are more than 870,000 confirmed cases around the country, the BBC reports. Still, the United States has a lower mortality rate than most European countries. New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham said in a news conference this afternoon that she's trying to figure out how to ease some of the shutdown restrictions, though the order is in place through May 15th. She said people violating the stay-at-home order or the shutdown orders could blow that for everyone. And KRQV reports about 50 people gathered on Albuquerque's Civic Plaza this afternoon to protest the shutdown. There were 153 more confirmed cases of the virus in New Mexico today for a total of 2,500. 121, according to state officials. And six men died from the virus today. The death toll stands at 84. More than 600 people in the state have recovered. Workforce Solutions Secretary Bill McCamley said he added 200 people to his department to field thousands of applications for unemployment that are still pending. For your New Mexico government, I'm Marisa DeMarco. I have an honor to be on the line with John Brickley. He's a host at ESPN. He covers Major League Baseball, NCAA men's and women's basketball. He also is the play-by-play commentator for college basketball, football, and lacrosse. John, thanks for being with me today. Hey, my pleasure, man. How's everything going? It's going all right for me. How about yourself? How you living? Uh, I got to be honest with you. I'm still in this uh, surreal mode. Yeah. At least we've seen a, a glimpse of normalcy with the NFL draft this weekend, but... Yeah. Uh, it certainly has been unprecedented times, no question about that. So let me ask you, how have things changed at ESPN? I was actually in studio doing college basketball the night, if you recall, when uh, the NCAA tournament 
had announced there weren't going to be any fans, mm-hmm. which right then and there was uncharted territory. And it was a situation as a, as a studio host I've never seen before. From an ESPN perspective, my company's done a really good job in terms of moving up the date with The Last Dance, the you know, 10-part documentary on Michael Jordan and the 98 Bulls. Mm-hmm. And to the point now where at ESPN, it's, I haven't been on campus in the last month. And it, it, I, that's never happened to me before in my 10 years that I've gone that long without being on campus. So it's definitely uncharted territory for me. There's no question about that. I myself have been watching ESPN for over 30 years. It's interesting to see how hosts and broadcasters that I've gone familiar with are kind of throwing their hands up in the air like, we don't know what to talk about. There's no live sports for us to report on. How is morale, you know, with your colleagues? You know, there's a lot of dejected people. I mean, you don't realize the impact of sports until you don't have it. And not having the NCAA tournament was a gut shot in and of itself. Looking at the NFL draft last night, you know, you normally get that great excitement from the fans. You didn't have that. Yeah. It's more of a dejected morale right now. But, but also, I mean, I don't want to spin it all negative. I do want to get, obviously, more on the positive side of things. You've given many people in the business who've been there for 15, 20, you know, 25 years, the opportunity to be more creative. And, and I think we saw that, especially last night with the virtual draft for the yeah. NFL, uh, that, that you can still captivate an audience and a viewership. You might just have to go a different way. But, but make, make no mistake about it. We're in a different reality right now. Not only in society, but in sport. I agree. And I was watching the draft last night, and I loved watching the general managers and the coaches' homes. Watching it, I felt like I had started my own fantasy football league. Um, (laughs) That's actually a great point. I was thinking the same thing. My wife and I happened to watch the draft. She even said, she's like, I love the home decorating of some of these coaches and GMs. She's like, I like Mike Zimmer with the fireplace going. Yeah, You know, you had John Gruden with, with, with his family around. It was different. Talk about operations at just one game. How many people are involved in the playing of just one Major League Baseball game? Okay, so for example, what, what I always find interesting is the casual fan who may not understand the TV production aspect does not realize that the two people or three people calling the game, that is not just them. Mm-hmm. It is not just we show up and call the game and that's it. There's prep work, there's interviews. You could have, with cameramen and everything, probably um, a crew of 40 to 50 on just one Major League Baseball game. Okay. Probably a regular season baseball game. That number probably intensifies even more when you get to the playoffs and, and of course, to the World Series. Just talking in baseball alone. I'm talking to a young man later on today for this episode who was a part of a baseball team that was very, very excited for this year. He's a, I believe he's a sophomore, and this team at his prep school was poised to be very, very good. A lot of these young men have been playing together since they were eight, nine years old. The season got taken from them before it started, and they're dejected. Any words of encouragement for them? Here's my best advice to all those type of athletes going through something like this, and, and I'm not an athlete by any means, but... What I know is I appreciate a lot of what I did to get to that point much more now than I did before. You know, I've done Frozen Four. I was working on the women's basketball NCAA tournament. Even those events did not happen this year. And even though I was scheduled to be on those events and those assignments and it was taken away from me, I understand how hard I worked to get to that point. Yeah. So my, my, my biggest advice and, and, and biggest encouragement to all these athletes is appreciate and value what you did in your work ethic to get to that point mm-hmm. because you obviously just didn't show up and and played the sport there was a preparation 
and there was a journey to get to that moment. Appreciate the journey for what it was. Wise words. I want to thank you again for being with me. He's John Brickley, host at ESPN of Major League Baseball, NCAA Men and Women's Basketball, and also NCAA Lacrosse. Thanks again, John. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Now I've got a special guest on the line, Santiago Cooper. He is a baseball player with Sandia Prep Sun Devil Baseball Team. Santi, thanks for being with me, my man. Of course. Thank you for having me. So tell me about what happened to you all this season. So, I mean, we were looking forward to a great season. Our hopes are really high, especially from starting a couple years ago when we were still growing. You know, I'm a sophomore, so for my eighth grade year, we knew that we were going to have a good shot this specific year. And, you know, we worked and worked and worked. And this was the moment we were waiting for. And then when all this happened, it was very surreal. Surreal? Explain how. It was almost like a movie. Like, this could only happen in a movie, it felt like. Mm. We know this is our year. We've worked up to this point. We're excited. And then, boom, something happens and we can't play. It's taken away from you. Now, you're a sophomore. Were there any seniors? How many seniors were involved on the team? We had three really, really good seniors. I'm sure you guys kept in contact with each other. How does the team feel? We're all obviously very disappointed, but we're making sure that we check up on our seniors periodically. I mean, I've been checking up on them almost every day. Yeah. We have a group chat. I personally am very devastated, and I can only imagine how they're dealing with it. Yeah. You've been playing sports your entire life. Tell me, what does playing sports mean to you? It's a very good way to kind of escape. Mm. Like I went through a period last year where I was, well, I was very lost. I was getting really upset and down. And when I would go to the baseball field, I would see the guys was always such a big sigh of relief for me, at least. Yeah. Because I knew that I could be myself there. And I love the game, too. Yeah. And knowing that that's there for me was a good feeling. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like an opportunity to kind of get lost in the game. You put the rest of the world, your worries, your troubles aside, and you focus on the goal of trying to win the game, but doing your best to do that. Right. That's all right. That's all right. Now, what have your coaches expressed to you all? They understand that we are, you know, very upset about this. Obviously, they are checking up on our seniors as well. Mm -hmm. But for the juniors and everyone else below, they tell us now is not a time to feel bad. Now is the time to get better for whenever we play next, whether it be late May, early June or next spring. Make sure that you're ready Mm -hmm. and don't stop working. Yeah, I like that. Now, you talked earlier about the work that you all put in to develop and get better. It's a trope. It's not the case for everybody who's a teenager. But the trope is they don't have any goals. They can't focus. They're a little bit lazy. Talk to me about how playing sports and that dedication and discipline you have to use for training. Tell me about how that benefits you in every aspect of your life. I think when you have someone, whether it's a teammate or a coach, pushing you like especially in the weight room pushing you to step out of your comfort zone and get that extra rep I think taking that and moving it over to your schoolwork and you're up late you have one more two more math problems to do and all you want to do is just go to bed but you know that if you got to get these done so you just push through it and that's something that definitely translates from sports to my life yeah 
That's really awesome. I want to thank you for taking time to do this with me. Talking to Santiago Cooper. Shortstop, right? Yes, sir. A shortstop for the Sandia Prep Sun Devil baseball team. Thanks again, my friend. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Did your sports season disintegrate? Are you a kid, a fan, or an athlete who misses the game? We want to know about it. Leave us a message, and we can roll it into our shows next week. 505-218-7084, and share your story, or email yournmgov at gmail.com. This is Your NM Government. I'm your host, Kaliole Colonna. Every weekday, we're covering the way the virus and health measures are impacting people differently around the state. Stay tuned in weeknights at 7.30 p.m. Now to talk about how special sports can be and also what it means to lose sports. I'm on the line with Rob Falusma. He is the executive director and creator of Affirmative Athletics out in Los Angeles, California. Rob, thanks for being on with me. Hey, Khalil. Thank you for having me, brother. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. So tell my listeners, what is Affirmative Athletics? Uh, It is a program I started in 2005 in juvenile halls in Los Angeles. Our mission statement is that we affirm probation use through organized sports and journal writing. It's basically meant to mentor and help them with mental and emotional development. So tell me, how does sports really play into that? For me, at the end of the day, it's not only good for the body, but it's good for the mind and the soul. Uh, as cliche and corny as that might sound, mm-hmm. um, you know, these kids, you lock these kids up in a hall. You know, they need to be able to not only just exert some energy, but focus on things to be productive is really the goal and to build community. That's the many, one of the main things I'm really very, very interested in and really helps these kids that what these kids need. Yeah. Now talk about how the organization has grown over the years. Uh, well, we started out small. We basically started with three guys. It was me and two other dudes, which was great. Uh, now we've grown from four to eight teams in flag football. We started a basketball league in 2006 to accompany our flag football program. So we've made uh, quite a bit of strides and we're trying to definitely grow another probation camp into the mix. We've been working. We started with one and now we're working with two camp Athlebon camp page in Laverne, California. So we've, we've, we've definitely had a bit of a growth. Now speak about, the impact of the program, you know, through the conversations you've had with the administrators at the camps, how do they feel about the program and its and its impact on the youth? Definitely the probation officers. It's always been a very positive experience. A lot of the probation officers are usually a lot of them are ex-jocks, so they're able to really dig into the program and what it has to offer, especially for the simple fact it really helps with the kids emotionally, meaning they're 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 able to talk to the kids better. They're able to communicate and you know, the kids are very anxious to play the next week. So everybody basically gets along. So for the probation officers, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, administration, it, it's, it's we're working it out, man. You know, they're trying out there. You know, it's, it's, it's a hard job. So but every, but it, it's good. It's been a positive experience overall with everybody. The stay at home orders and social distancing has shuttered sports at the moment. How has that affected what you're all trying to do at Affirmative Athletics? It's it's a pretty challenging time, I'll say. I definitely know probation will be wanting some programs in there to help ease these kids, ease their minds, bodies and souls. Mm hmm. Now, you're in Los Angeles, but sports and the effect of sports is global. It's universal. What advice do you have for someone 
who may be listening right now in New Mexico who may say, that sounds like a good idea. I'd like to do something like that. What advice do you have for them as far as what it means to bring a program like this to probation camps or juvenile detention centers and the impact it could make on people's lives? Be resilient, be open, be committed in being a strong mentor to these kids. They need it. Yeah. Honestly, Will, they need different energies, different faces. Um, that leads, I believe, to inspiration. These kids need to see faces and people that really believe in them. I call them the forgotten youth. Mm-hmm. Man, start with some passion, man, because these kids need it. Have you had any stories about young men who've been released, who've begun to change? Absolutely. I got a couple of guys that ended up leaving the program, playing some high school football, some high school basketball. Yeah, I've, I've had some really great stories, some great moments. I want to thank you again for being with me, Rob Feluzma, executive director and creator of Affirmative Athletics. Oh, by the way, how can our people, listeners, check out Affirmative Athletics online? Ah, very good. Uh, thank you, brother. Uh, for anybody wanting to know any more information, please check us out at affirmativeathletics.org, A-F-F-I-R-M-A-T-I-V-E, athletics with an S. It's all about the kids for us, so let's make it happen. To gain an understanding of how sports is affected on the local scene, I have a pleasure to be on the line with Ed Nunez. He's a play-by-play broadcaster at ProView Networks and sports director at 99.9 The Beat FM in Albuquerque. Ed, thanks for being with me, my man. Hey, Khalil. It's always a pleasure, man. Always an honor. Sports are shut down. Let's talk about it. New Mexico, Albuquerque. We have one professional sports team, United, the new soccer team that's here. But that does not mean that sports aren't an important part of this state and town. Well, I look at Lobo basketball and how passionate people are about that. But you look and see the Lobo baseball team was shut down. They were 13-3 and and rolling. They were playing very well. I was on a Zoom call with Lobo head coach Ray Birmingham. I feel for Coach Birmingham. You know, they had a season going. The track and field athletes at UNM all through high school, the ones that couldn't finish their baseball and softball careers, the cheerleaders. There's so many people that can't finish. You know, they were looking forward to a senior season, whatever that was, right? I mean, you go out there in spring and you go out there and you vault, you throw pitches. It breaks my heart, Khalil. It affects so many things for so many people. It's tough. It's tough for the city. It's tough economically. It's tough entertainment-wise for sure. People are starved. Dana White says he's going to do a card May 9th. They shut him down on April 18th. He's bound and determined. So people want to see sports. You know, think about the other thing, Khalil, the Little Leaguers, right? Little League Baseball, man. That breaks my heart, right? It breaks my heart because I love to see kids compete at the amateur level, even at Little League. And the girls, too, at softball, right? You see them, and they're, they're playing their hearts out. Yeah. My first experience in organized sports was playing Little League. I played Little League from second grade all the way till I was in eighth grade, six years with the same team and the camaraderie that you build with the players, the coaches, you build a little community. And I learned a lot of life lessons in playing team sports. Talk about playing team sports. What's special about that? It's not all about winning, right? I used to be a part of this organization that the focus on winning was so one-sided. And I finally had to say to the couple of coaches, like, okay, we lost. Are we going to take them outside? And what are we going to do? Torture them? I mean, it's a game. We win and lose and we learn from both, right? I, I hated losing more than I like winning. I would pout and be mad for days, man, about a loss, right? But it also taught me that, hey, you can't win every every game. It teaches us how do we get better in life. 
and competition is good. I competed in my job, right? I compete to be a broadcaster, to be a referee. I wanted to be the best. That doesn't mean that I was, but I was going to give you 180%. The ties that you make, they never go away, right? Yeah. You see guys that you played ball with. I went to Pius for one year, the old St. Pius here. Talk to me about what you think the future of sports is, not just on a national perspective or global, but sports, sporting activity, sports fandom here in New Mexico. I think sports are still going to be a big part of American culture, world culture, right? It's not just American. Until we get a handle on this coronavirus pandemic, and we will. They will beat it. They beat mumps. They beat smallpox. They will figure it out. Mm -hmm. Until then, people are going to be a little bit more weary of attending sporting events. They might tune in on TV. Yeah, we get used to watching games with no fans, I think. Khalil, I told you, for the state tournament last month, that's the only time that I've ever called a game with no fans in the stands Thursday at Santa Ana Star Center. You know, okay. it was surreal, man, because remember, I've been involved as a player, as a coach, as a referee, and all the noise from calls, right, from any play, boom, boom, the, the fans going back and forth, the bands. Yeah. You know, it was really surreal, but I, we never mentioned it. We never brought it up on the broadcast. We just went ahead and broadcast the games, and, and everybody's hoping, right? They're, they're wanting to see sports for sure. You, you saw that last night, Khalil. You love the draft, man. You love football. So last night we saw that case in point, virtual draft, right? Goodell still, he doesn't get to get booed from his basement, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a great show. Yeah, I want to thank you so much for coming on to the show, offering your perspective. Ed Nunez, play-by-play broadcaster at ProView Networks and sports director at 99.9 The Beat in Albuquerque. Hey, Khalil, I appreciate it. You have a great day, sir. Now with me on the line is Corey Moore. He's the personal manager to Wesley Matthews, who's a guard for the Milwaukee Bucks of the NBA. Corey, thanks for being with me today. Yeah, for sure. How have you and Wesley been spending your time since the season has been postponed? It's been a little bit different. Um, The Bucks were really on top of things. They had them basically quarantined as soon as anybody that I know of. One of the things that he and I work on. I basically deal with the food and do all the shopping, make sure that he gets things that he needs. He stays home. Like for him, he's really, really fortunate. He um, was able to build a pretty big gym at his home. So he has a full workout facility for the most part there. A lot of people see an athlete as a singular entity. What many don't see are the people Mm -hmm. who help them not only get to that platform, but stay there. Talk about this ecosystem that surrounds each individual professional athlete that we know of. That's a really good question. Especially as you see younger guys going in. One of the other dynamics that really important to understand is that it's gotten so much more competitive. The amount of absolute physical phenoms that are out there. I mean, there's obviously that upper echelon of athlete that you got to be. I think that one of the things that you learn is that it doesn't matter who you surround yourself with and what your work ethic is like once you get there. Mm. Even the young guys now are just mentally more mature. They have an understanding of how important it is to do things right and to work really, really hard. Being around the right people does matter. And finally, what type of prediction do you have is how this a momentary pause in league play really affects the future of the NBA. I know you well enough to know how long you've been an NBA fan. You remember the deep dive that the league took after Magic and Jordan. You know, like I wouldn't want to single out any certain crew of people, but it fell off a little bit. Yeah, it did. 
you know, and it came back eight, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And there's a brand that now people look at that is the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's going to stay strong. We're in a really, really tough situation as far as the nation. Our sports are going to have to follow suit in the most responsible way as well. You know, if that means that some of those games are going to need to start being played without fans, I mean, if the guys are willing to do it, I think that the people are ready to step in there and have that sort of thing. Uncharted territory for us all. Yeah. I want to thank you again for taking time to be with me. He's Corey Moore, personal yes, manager to yes, Wesley Matthews guard for the Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to have to hang out soon once this is all over, man. Go to a game or two. Yes, indeed. Always welcome, our friend. Yeah. Always welcome. Thanks, man. I don't know if every day is Friday to you, but Friday definitely means something to me these days. Here to help you figure out what to do with what you have in your house. Mixologist extraordinaire Jessica O'Brien is on the line. Jessica, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Khalil? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So, drinks. Drinks. When it comes to, like, making a drink, particularly a drink at home, what are some of the basics people should know? Well... You most importantly have to have liquor. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's that's number one. (laughs) For cocktails, just have something to mix it with. Fruit, veggies, you know, the riper the fruit, probably the better it's going to taste in your drink. I sent you a list of some of the things I had in my house to make a drink. I had apples, I have some ginger, I've got blueberries, and I've got vodka as my alcohol, the number one requirement. What can I do? Well, you can use all three of those ingredients. Anything apple ginger is so tasty. Throw some blueberry in that and you just got bam right there. Just take apples and your blueberries, throw them in a blender if you're able to with some sugar and a little bit of water. And that'll make you an apple blueberry simple syrup. Okay. How much sugar to water should I use? Well, when you're talking about a simple syrup, you're always going to do a one-to-one ratio. Okay. If you want it to be just a little bit sweeter, a little bit thicker, you can do two-to-one, which would make it a thicker simple syrup. But I suggest a one-to-one. 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 Okay. So I make the simple syrup. What's next? Make sure you strain out all the bits that you have from the apple and the blueberry. So if you don't have a jigger, a jigger is what we use to measure how many ounces you're putting in each drink. Mm-hmm. What I call my golden ratio is two, one, one. So two of your liquor, one of some type of citrus, and one of your simple syrup. Two, one, one. I mix it together. Shake it. Stir it. What should I do? You're going to want to shake it. If you're not able to shake it, what I would do is get like an old Tupperware or something that you have a lid. Just throw some ice and then you can shake it like that nice. if you don't have tin. Okay. Which we're all not home bartenders, so that's what I would suggest. Where can people go to hit you up with a list of what they have in their pantries and refrigerators? If you have any questions, you want to send it to me. My Instagram handle is J-A-Y-O underscore B-E-E. That's J-O-B. Um, or you can find me on Facebook. Excellent. That's what we're going to do. Well, bottoms up, Jessica. Thanks for the advice. Of course. Monday, we look into food during the time of COVID-19. Some of us are learning or remembering their cooking skills, and many families are facing food insecurities and are in the need of help. We put it all on the kitchen table Monday on YNMG at 7.30 p.m. It's resource time. You can find a full list of the resources we talk about on each episode and opportunities to donate or help online at bit.ly YNMG Hub. 
To find out more about Affirmative Athletics, go to AffirmativeAthletics.org. You can learn about their mission and see how you can help out. If you're an athlete who still has dreams of playing college sports, KRQE has a great article with tips on how to get recruited in the time of COVID-19. You can get the link on our website, KUNM.org, under YNMG. And check out Athletes for Relief at AthletesRelief.org to see how sports stars from around the country are helping out. Your New Mexico government is executive produced like a champion by Marisa DeMarco. It's produced by yours truly. The news update by Marisa DeMarco. Theme music by Pope. Yes, yes, y'all. Hear us all week long on KUNM's Airwaves at 7.30 p.m. online. Find the show on KUNM.org or subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Your New Mexico government is a collaboration between KUNM, New Mexico PBS, and the Santa Fe Reporter. Funding for our coverage is provided in part by the Thornburg Foundation, the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, the New Mexico Local News Fund, and KUNM listeners like you. For everyone here at Your New Mexico Government, I'm Khalil Colonna. Have a great weekend, and thanks for listening.